than just a maid. You're like one of the family. Lord, I thought black folks only heard that one in white homes. <laughs> if we didn't love you, do you think we'd be worried about you like this? Oh, you're just saying it because I said I was going to kill myself. You don't really mean it. Hey, wait a minute. You calling my wife a liar? <laughs> no, I just... Do you know how many fights Weezy and I have had because of you? You don't know. I'm going to tell you the truth. A couple of times you made me so mad I was going to fire you. But Weezy said she wouldn't talk to me if I did. So look. If you want to kill yourself, go right ahead. <laughs> but if you do, you damn well better realize that you'll be hurting somebody who really cares about you. Oh, Miss Jefferson, I don't want to hurt you. Then don't do it, Florence. Oh, Miss Jefferson. Oh, Florence. Florence. <laughs> I gotta get something to blow my nose. <laughs> we are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Hi, I'm Jeff Lester, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with our guests, Marla Gibbs, Ernest Harden Jr., and Jay Moriarty. Marla and Ernest, of course, to the stars of The Jeffersons, while Jay spent seven years as a staff writer, producer, and later showrunner of The Jeffersons. Plus, he is the author of Honky in the House, writing and producing The Jeffersons, a memoir of his years on The Jeffersons and working on other Norman Lear shows. Marla Gibbs, Ernest Hardin Jr., and Jay Moriarty will all be appearing at the Hollywood show at the Burbank Marriott Hotel, 2500 North Hollywood Way in Burbank, California, Friday, April 15th, Saturday, April 16th. If you are in the L.A. area during Easter week, Easter weekend, you can meet Marla, Jay, and Ernest in person. For tickets and more information, hollywoodshow.com. Program note, we had some audio issues with the Zoom feed during the course of of the recording, we did our best to fix those audio issues both during the call itself and in post-production. We apologize for any inconvenience. Ernest, you joined the cast in the third or fourth season, if I remember correctly. Yes. I know from talking to other actors, it could be hard for an actor to join the cast of a show midstream because you're the new kid on the block, but I understand because there was such a strong family environment on the Jeffersons, it didn't matter in, in your case. They just welcomed you right away. Yes, we did. We did welcome him right away. He came in with a lot of energy, and uh, it was funny. And, of course, I'm always about the show, what's important for the show, what makes the show work. And he was making that character work. Well, I, I appreciate that, Marlon. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, I was, and I'll tell you a little story because you said that um, that was one of the only uh, black shows out at that time. It was one of them. And like you said, it was 
we only had basically three networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, which is Jefferson's was on. But when I started filming that show, uh, still nobody knew me until they started to come out. And that's when I realized the power of the show. I didn't even think about it. We, uh, we were filming. We were in the midst of filming, and we had a hiatus where you can go home for a little while or whatever. And I would go home to Detroit to visit my parents on a hiatus. And uh, I remember we had a stop in Chicago, stop over in Chicago. Uh, and this is my first, first instance of fame because I got off the plane and uh, I saw this group of people and uh, the show had just come out and, and people were running after me. And I was running and everybody was running and I started running. Everybody, we all running, you know, black people don't, don't ask questions. Everybody's running. We're going to run. Let's go. Let's go. What's and, then, and then I asked his brother as I was running next to him, what, what, um, what are we running for? And he says, we're running for you, fool. Stop. Because we're trying to get an autograph. autograph. Oh, oh, okay. Because I was on the Jefferson's. That's how hot that show was at that time. And, uh, and that was my, actually my first taste of real fame because, uh, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was it was great though, and uh, you know, and and I was uh, a little out of breath, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> Marla, when did you first realize just how big and just how popular, and just how many viewers the Jeffersons reached every week? When did you first realize that? Oh, pretty soon, because we did appearances, and people were always saying, they always say Marla. They say my whole name, Marla Gibbs. And they said, we love you. And I said, thank you. And then what was phenomenal is when I went to Italy and I got off the plane and I w walked into the station and these people started running towards me. And I said, oh, is something wrong? I started being nervous. And they said, throw dance, throw dance. <laughs> and I said, oh, <laughs> they're talking about the Jeffersons. And I did see myself on TV in Italy. And anyway, I like the way they, they, um, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Well, no, it's, it's very cool to be recognized in another country when you're just there on vacation or whatever reason you're there. It's, I would imagine it's got to be very cool to be recognized to realize that people around the world are watching your work every week. Yes, and you're not thinking that they are. Yeah. You're not thinking that it's showing all over the world. You're thinking that it's showing on TV, local TV, not national TV, and international TV. You don't think of that at that time. And because you guys were making 25, 22, 25 shows a year, I would imagine you're also not thinking much more beyond this week's show or next week's show to make sure that you got your lines down, you got the you got the rehearsals down, you got the movements down, and that the uh, the production line is moving forward. You know, you're just thinking one week at a time. You know, let, let's get through this week's show. That's right. I would think so. Of I course, think that also... in the show you have an idea what's coming up next, and you're looking forward to that. Ernest, you're saying you have time after you know when you have a break or something like a hiatus. You have time to reflect, and uh, you know, and everybody's telling you, "Oh man, the Jeffersons is running in 62 countries around the world." 
And then sometimes they, now through the age of uh, social media, they're sending you clips of you speaking Italian or or Chinese or something. I'm saying, wow, I didn't know my Italian was that good. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty good at it. <laughs> so it's amazing to see. And and matter of fact, like through Facebook, I got like a whole bunch of Italian fans and uh, and Chinese fans. It's amazing. Ernie was talking about the Chinese and the other languages. And, and I remember at the Jeffersons, there was a contingent from China. There's about 30 people, you know, they all dressed the same in those days. They had, and they, they were able to go to any TV series. They want to visit a TV show while they're here. And they wanted to go to the Jeffersons and see the Jeffersons. That also was amazing to me. That was like the favorite TV show of the Chinese people. We couldn't figure out like why of all the shows in America, but uh, we just figured probably have something to do with the physical thing or with George Jefferson. You know, with George is a very physical guy, always in motion, but they uh, they love they just relate to well, a lot Marcus, of they, they related to Marcus as Chinese were so good. <laughs> they love me over there. I'm so surprised. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that show touched the world. It was to me, it's part of the fabric of America, that show. It's just blessed to have been on it. And we are blessed to spend some time with Marla Gibbs, Ernest Hardin Jr., and Jay Moriarty. Marla and Ernest, two of the stars of The Jeffersons, while Jay spent seven years as a staff writer, producer, and later showrunner of The Jeffersons, Marla, Ernest, and Jay will all be appearing at the Hollywood show of the Burbank Marriott Hotel, 2500 North Hollywood Way in Burbank, California, on Friday, April 15th, and Saturday, April 16th. Tickets and more information, hollywoodshow.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Marla had to leave the conversation at this point because of another commitment, but Ernest and Jay will be with us for the rest of the conversation. Before we said goodbye to Marla, we asked her one last question, and it pertains to her memoirs, which I understand she recently completed. Thank you so much. When is your book coming out? Uh, We don't know. We're talking to publishers now. Okay, well, please stay in touch. I want you back when your book is available. Okay. You have a beautiful day. Thank you so much. You too. You have a very blessed day. And don't forget to keep looking like the Lone Ranger, honey. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Marla. Bye, Marla. Amazing. You know, Marla is 90 years old. I was talking to Ernest recently about, you know, we were imagining what what we'd be like if we were 90 years old. I mean, it's hard to imagine that. What we remember, what we missed. She's uh, she's a trooper. I mean, she's she's actually ordinary. She's amazing. Marla is amazing. I I just hope to be even near something like that when I get to be 80, 90. You know what I mean? She was she is uh, fantastic. She keeps working. She never stops. No, she takes excellent care of herself. And uh, I I read in a recent interview that. She just turned 90, but she sees this as her third time at being 30. So age is just a number, and if that's the number you want to be, that's a good number to be. So <laughs> I asked Marla, I mean, when she had her, uh, her last birthday, I said, so uh, I heard you're 39. I was trying to be complimentary. She said, why you want to put nine years on it? I said, oh, <laughs> sorry. 
Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. You, know, you, you may already know this, Ed, but uh, Marla in the pilot of the Jeffersons, she was not actually cast as the maid. The regular maid was another woman who played the maid. And Marla was one of the group that had, uh, at the very end, she doesn't show up until the very end of the show where there's like these three other maids. And uh, she has one line, which is, how come we overcame and nobody told me? The way she delivered that line and the way the audience reacted to it, that got her cast as the regular maid as opposed to the woman who played the maid in the uh, pilot. They loved the way she had the comedy. And, of course, if you watch the show, you can see she, she really uh, has great delivery and, you know, really developed that character. But that, that's kind of amazing with that one line which she mentioned, you know, in the show. And that if you remember what I, there was a, she comes in and she says, you know, Helen, Helen is there, you know, Roxy Roper, she lives in the building and now Louise lives there. And she says, you mean, you mean you live here and, and you live here? Cause she thought they were maids. And she said, well, how come we overcame and nobody told me? And that was, a, that was funny at that time. And, and, and you know, this earnest, from your experience in other acting roles, that sometimes you read for one thing and the casting director will recognize a quality in your delivery or in your in your performance or in your approach. And they may say, you know, Ernest, I originally had you in mind for this guy, but you'd be better as that guy. Well, I mean, that happened to me. I mean, I came in as Jason King just a guest star to go and come. I came in as that, and then after that, they decided to make me markets. So, what did you as Jason King? What what line did you have lines? Yeah, I was. Uh, I had like the last half of the show. I, I gave Sherman a scroll from uh, the help center where Louise uh, Jefferson was working, and uh, she brought me to the house to give Jefferson the scroll because he's been secretly helping. Uh, through the help center with his money and whatever. And I came to give him this scroll to say how much he helped us. And the people, I came in and saw the, and, and saw the apartment and how cool it was and Mr. Jefferson. And then I had his energy, I had his walk and everything. And just people just really loved that. And uh, they just, they just called me before the show even came out and said, we would like to, uh, we think we want to offer you a series, but we're going to give you a screen test on air. You know, and, and and a piece of trivia you told me, Jay, that I never knew was he said, when I did my first show, you said, uh, the producer says, write for him. And she said, and from then on, that show was in the top 30, but when I came on, you said it went to number one. I didn't even know that. So I really... Uh, I, I, it was a great time. I felt real good about what was happening. And, you know, the vibe was right. It was beautiful. That's a good thing to have on your resume. The show went number one when I joined it. It went number one. <laughs> that's, what, that's what my man Jay told me. He was pretty uh, No, you know, I lie sometimes. What, what, oh, I see. Okay. Don't always tell the truth. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I'm going to hold okay. fast to that one, though. It did go to number one. We don't know who's the Marla might say it was because of her. We don't know. Well, those guys have been on it already, and so I'm the new kid, so who knows, but I'll, I'll claim it. It was, uh, we, we had fun. As a matter of fact, I am so happy to have uh, reconnected with Jay 
and and uh, you know, I stay in contact with Marla because it reminds me of those times. I mean, it was so beautiful just working that show. We were like a family. Other shows are like I did. I did get lent out to do uh, Good Times, and I played this character named Earl, uh, clumsy Earl actually. But I was a painter. JJ was teaching me how to paint, and uh, and so in this particular show, my father didn't actually want me to paint, who was played by Hal Williams. He thought you just couldn't paint your way out of the ghetto. You needed a, a job that you could work with your hands and, and lift and shovel dirt and all that. And uh, that's all he knew, and that's the way he thought I could get out of the ghetto. And so to make a long story short, I was there with that cast, and J.J. was on one side, and the rest of the cast was on the other when they would have the table read, and uh, they just weren't friendly to each other as much as we were like a family. The Jeffersons was just, uh, we were all with each other. We all took lunch together, went to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles sometimes. Uh, Sherman Hemsley introduced me to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. I said, Chicken and Waffles? What is that? <laughs> well, man, when you tasted it, it was I was back there several times. And it was just, it was just a camaraderie. And uh, we just hung together. It was family. You know, Ed mentioned that, you mentioned that at the beginning, I think, that, that being on a show where everybody gets along or likes to some about the cast, and that's so true of the Jeffersons. One of the reasons that motivated me to write the book is on, online I've seen a number of things like uh, people saying that the Jeffersons didn't like each other, the cast didn't get along, which is total BS. I don't know where that was coming from. So one of my mothers was just, to write about the show, it really was. I worked on a lot of shows since then. Nothing was like that. Cast was everybody was like a family. Like Ernest said, it was just a joy to go to work. And Marla, even when we they were basically forced her to try to do a spinoff, she didn't want to leave. You know, it was like you know, she was happy there, and she was like the star anyway. Everybody just felt at home, and there was never any jealousy between uh, Sherman and Isabel or. Anybody on the cast, everybody just worked as a team. Mm. And I guess you felt that when you when you joined the cast, right? Yeah, I did, definitely. And, and the, just to speak on Marla, she was one that make, wanted to make sure she had one job secure before she left another one. But she worked at the airport for a while and yeah. had that job before she got to Jefferson. And I don't know how many seasons she had to be on the Jeffersons before she let her airport job go, which was uh, uh, that was so funny. It wasn't until the fourth season she made fourth a promise. Fourth season, yeah. And then even then she she was hesitant, but then uh, they finally said to her, "Hey, well, we'll pay you whatever they're paying you now, plus what you make here." Uh, and she said, "Okay, deal." You know. Okay. So uh, you know it makes sense. You know how actors are and how shows are. The network yeah. can cancel anything anytime they want, and then you're you got a regular job. You're out of your job. But, but I understand before she focused on acting, um, she went to business school. So she had a lot of she had a lot of business smarts that not every actor has going into the business. And you mentioned that she kept her job at United for a couple of years before she sensed, okay, this is the sure thing I can do this full time. And you mentioned you mentioned checking in. She was also I understand, and you'll verify this, Jay. She had it in her contract that if they spun her off and it didn't work, she could come back to the show. Yeah, she insisted on having that. It was very smart. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you read 
my book, you can see that that came at the worst time that spinoff, the writer's strike. So there was a writer's strike. So we, you could not write, make any changes on scripts, and it took us like, it's a long story. It's all in the book. But uh, Oh, you mean this favorite years. book? That book being Honky in the House, Writing and Producing the Jeffersons, which Ernie is holding up to the microphone right now. Now available in a hardcover version just came out. All the secrets are in here, folks. Yeah, oh, man, I'll tell you. Because of Ernie's uh, commercial, mainly, that, you know, we're running, Ernie did a commercial, and it runs on... On Antenna TV, yeah. We started running a commercial last July, the book, yeah, everybody's reading it. Honky in the House, available in softcover, paperback, and now... As a hardcover edition, Amazon.com, where books are sold online. The Jeffersons airs on Antenna TV. We'll play part two of our conversation with Ernest Hardin Jr. next week on TV Confidential. Ernie will share a few more stories behind the scenes of the Jeffersons. We'll also talk about some of his other work in movies, television, and the stage, including co-starring with Betty Davis in the CBS world premiere movie, White Mama. That's coming up next week on TV Confidential. In the meantime, if you are listening to us in the Los Angeles area or plan on being in L.A. during Easter weekend, you can meet Marla Gibbs, Ernest Hardin Jr., and Jay Moriarty at the Hollywood Show at the Burbank Marriott Hotel, 2500 North Hollywood Way in Burbank, California, Friday, April 15th, Saturday, April 16th. For tickets and more information, Hollywood Show. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. If you are a mental health professional or know someone who is, want to tell you about a special three-day retreat coming up in May that is specifically designed for those who work in the mental health field. It is called The Immersion, a weekend of wellness, and it takes place in Malibu, California, Friday, May 6th through Sunday, May 8th. To bridge traditional methods or Western thought, with such Eastern modalities as the mystical, the metaphysical, and the spiritual, the Immersion, a Week in a Wellness Retreat offers mental health professionals a unique opportunity to heal their own minds and bodies while also integrating whatever ideas that they deem valuable into their existing mental health practice, all in a beautiful environment. For details and more information, email info at welltime. Dot com W-E-L-L-T-Y-M-E, info at welltime.com. Or if you're on Instagram, you can follow Welltime or you can follow Coda Life Goddess, C-O-T-A Life Goddess on Instagram for details to come as well. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.